My name is Thomas Johnson, and I'm the founder and CEO of Get Up and Get Fit Wellness Concierge. I'm also a C-suite advisor and investor, and you're listening to the How May I Serve You podcast, where I'm constantly on the quest to surround myself with the best coaches while learning how to better serve executive clientele. I'm asking them, how may I serve you? Today's show is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. Get Up and Get Fits will be providing students with textbooks and school supplies in Cambodia in honor of our guests today, as well as our philanthropic mission to impact at least 50,000 people per year. And today's guest is Pamela Nightingale. Pam, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How awesome. are you? Awesome. So Pamela Nightingale, best known as Pam, was born on December 11th. 1947 in Mesa, Arizona, to Mary Julia Peterson Nightingale and Earl Nightingale. Mm -hmm. At the age of two, her family moved to Chicago, Illinois, where her father was offered a position as the voice of Sky King on the radio and as an announcer for WGN. Mm -hmm. When Pam was three years old, her father bought an insurance agency while simultaneously working for WGN. Now, Pam attended school with her older brother, David, who is four years her senior. And when she was eight, her father had previously purchased a sailboat and he decided to take a two month vacation and take David and her sailing in the West Indies and the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. Since he was going to be gone for an extended amount of time, he wrote the strangest secret for his insurance agency to keep them mm -hmm. motivated. He recorded 40 copies at a time. Right. But while they were gone, it went viral and changed millions of lives forever including mine, <laughs> including oh, mine. Really? <laughs> so a few months back i reached out to pam because i wanted to extend my gratitude for the mm -hmm. personal growth and development that i've experienced from her father's work the mm -hmm. stranger secret wow which i listen to every morning so pam i literally listen to the stranger secret every morning as part of my wellness regimen right and yeah. i know i know you recently narrated an audio book about your father's life Right, entitled mm -hmm. Story of Earl Nightingale and His Stranger Secret. So now I just want us to dive into the the details, right? So how was how was this experience for you? How was the experience to like extrapolate and put together the various experiences um from your father's life? Well, I did it because it during the pandemic the pandemic it just struck. Yeah. And we were in lockdown. So I decided since I had plenty of time on my hand and I always wanted to do it because so many people had told me that he had lived the life of 10 people mm. and he truly did. Um, and he was such a wonderful father and he was such an inspiration to me to not waste my human potential because people would always come up to him after he give a speech or in, you know, public gathering and they'd ask him, what is your goal? Mr. Mm. Nightingale, and he'd say to prevent wasted human potential. Mm. And he was so much fun, and he ignited in me at a very young age the desire for knowledge because it equaled freedom. Mm. Freedom, you know, he always said that, that freedom is courage with, Emerson said, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, um, freedom with courage equals freedom you know you can with that with those two things you can conquer almost anything yes indeed. i was born in the united states i was free fairly intelligent 
And I was very courageous because of the way I was raised. Before I even went to school, he told me, never follow the follower. Mm. Don't follow trends, set them. Trust no one but your family. And whatever people is doing, try to do the opposite. Mm. And Walt Disney one time told my dad that when his company would come, he'd have all these ideas for his company, you know, for the Disney group. And he said that the ideas that everyone told them would not work were the ones he decided to work on. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And so from a very young age, I was thinking, and um, when he wrote The Stranger Secret, I was only eight. So okay. I didn't even know what was going on. But it yeah. did change my life. Yeah. Because it opened up so much more opportunities for me. Um, even though it was kind of hard going up in Chicago, you know, photographers following me around and things like that. But, you know, it was, they weren't called paparazzi back then. It was difficult, but, and it was a bit difficult when I was nine years old. Some people tried to kidnap me from school. Yeah. And yeah, my that. You don't try to take anything from David, my older brother, mm. without a good fight. And so David stopped it. But um, after that, my father felt horrible because he realized that his fame uh, had, you know, was very dangerous in some respects. But it was also great. And he was such a great man. And um, he thought that it was his duty to share with people how he had become successful. Yes, and that's indeed. what he did. He would never ask anyone to do anything that he had already not done. Today's episode is sponsored by Get Up and Get Fit. Being an executive can be very demanding. Your schedule is unpredictable. You have conflicting responsibilities that pull you in multiple directions at once. You travel too much, work late hours, and cross time zones all things that wreak havoc on your body. This is why having a wellness support team is necessary. Get Up and Get Fit is the wellness concierge support that busy executives, entrepreneurs, and celebs rely on to keep them healthy and fit despite their hectic schedules. A body under prolonged stress is not a healthy body. Time to reduce your stress. Increase your energy, flexibility, strength, and endurance so you can enjoy life instead of just living it. Go to getupandgetfit.com. That's G-E-T-U-P-N-G-E-T-F-I-T.com and schedule your consultation right now. Get up and get fit. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, and then he pretty much practice what he preached. And um, so let's go back a little bit because I want to have I want to have some fun here. I want us to enjoy this time. So Thanks. I know you were daddy's little girl because I oh, know yeah. when you were nine years old, you mm -hmm. asked your dad to buy you a pony. Mm -hmm. Basically, this is something most little girls want. He actually bought you a pony, right? Well, so when been the two days, three days before that, it was a Friday. He brought home Black Beauty. The book, Black Beauty. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love reading, and I had read it over the weekend. So Monday morning, I asked David, I said, I want to ask Daddy for, I want a pony. And David said, well, Dad's weakness was the word shop and buy. My dad liked shopping a lot. And so yeah. 
when I went up to him, I said, uh, Daddy, would you, I really like, I loved reading Black Beauty. And I said, would you please buy me a pony? Well, we went off and it took a couple of days, but he bought me Lollipop, a little pony. And then it turned out I was a natural. So after, uh, as I grew, the horses got bigger and I showed yeah. horses. And during the 60s, it was perfect for me to live in the stables virtually because that was the time of free love and everything in yeah. San Francisco and all that. Uh -huh. And my parents really didn't want me to know about that. Okay. So it was great. And so my father loved horses too. Okay. And he would always attend my horse shows. Awesome. Awesome. So they were basically shelter you so that the horse kept you occupied doing the mm -hmm. whole. And um, I hope in a very, I was a tomboy. Okay. I hated wearing dresses. I hated that. So it worked out perfectly, perfectly for me to just, you know, I would ride in Chicago before school in the winter. And then I ride after school, um, you know, in the summers. And then my parents, I just virtually lived in my riding clothes. So it was perfect. There you go. So talk to me about your brother, David, right? Because David was David is just like my dad, very intelligent, mm -hmm. very scientifically minded. Mm -hmm. And he is, um, David is though a recluse. He's very reclusive. Well, I'm an extrovert. Okay. And he's just very protected. He lives in Costa Rica now. Nice. And he's happy. He's retired. Yeah. Okay. Like I am. I'm now retired, you know, after the book. I'm enjoying this. Congratulations. I believe it's very brilliant. Um, he graduated from the University of Illinois, as mm -hmm. I did, in English. And then he went to India with, to work with Sister Mary, you know, Teresa. Oh, wow. And um, it's a great experience for him. But David is brilliant, like my father. Whereas awesome. I'm not, I'm more of a social butterfly, but I have a great memory like my father. And, and you also were an incredible chef as well, right? Oh, yeah. you talk about that. After college, I went to um, I took I went to a two year college for advanced equitation. Yes. And I brought my stallion hot fudge with me, and then after that, I went to France, Paris for cooking school. My father, as far as education would go, he would pay for anything. Yeah, but, yeah. Because education him was primary. Yeah. Because of, in the book, you covered that he read. I mean, this was extremely fascinating. I don't want to give give away too many gems, but I have to cover this, right? Mm -hmm. um, so in the book, you, you mentioned that he, he read all the book in this one library. That's amazing. No, I didn't read all of them. My dad did, though. My yeah, father, yeah, your dad, yeah. Yeah, he had an amazing capacity. He had a photographic, and then he had um, a he had a fabulous way of recording everything in his brain. Mm -hmm. And then he could just rattle things off. He was an excellent conversationalist mm. because the most important thing in conversation is to be a good listener. Yes, indeed. And he was that. But he also loved um, to talk. And um, he had such a marvelous voice growing up that when I was a little girl and he would come home, you know, late. And the minute I heard his voice, I could go to sleep because I knew my dad was home. He uh, was a very powerful person yes. and um, mentally. And he had this, 
he had this uh he could you could he emitted a strength about him mm, a presence and so po a, a positive presence about him that he drew people to him i remember you know i would travel with him due to his disease acromegaly yeah and people would come up to me after the speech and people would say to me you know there could be eight ten thousand people there and they'd come up people would come up to me and they said and they'd say i felt as though your father was talking directly to me and he had that ability mm. and he was so um positive and it just drew people to him and yeah. i miss him extremely horribly he was just a force in my life that i'm blessed that i had and i'm very grateful and that's why i wrote the book i did the book because i wanted people to know what it was like with him yeah and he was just a wonderful he had a great deal of integrity um that was so high that um he just was a marvelous man but he loved as much as that man worked he loved to party too yeah he was a lot he was a party waiting to happen let's say that yeah so it's funny because all these years of me listening to um the stranger's secret i never really knew who your father was i knew his work right but i never really knew who he was so what you did with creating that wait a second it's my dog hold on a no worries Yes. Yeah. Um, no worries. Yeah. So when, I, I was he, when he was when he was a child, mm -hmm. he was twelve when a great earthquake hit LA. Mm -hmm. And then my grandfather, Nightingale, whom I've never met in my whole life, he left the family, and then my grandmother, Nightingale, moved the family into Tent City. They were very, very poor, and my father had a paper route. And he noticed on his paperwork, he was very observant, even as a child, he noticed that there were the haves and the have-nots, sure. and that the haves were happier because they had more choices, more freedom. And then when he was 17, he joined the Marines. And um, then when he was 20, Pearl Harbor hit, and the Arizona, which he Fortunately, was one of 15 Marines that survived that day. And yeah. then he, after, after the Marine, and then he went to Camp Lejeune and trained um, what you're today called Navy SEALs. Yeah. And then he went, and then he, re, he was discharged honorably from the Marines. And then he loved the radio business. So he worked as a Marine when he was on, you know, during World War II. He was a radio announcer for the Marines, and then he went up. Then he got back into it in Mesa, Arizona, before I was even born. Yeah. And then um, he decided that Chicago was the hub, and that's where he wanted to go. And so the first people that hired him were CBS, did and he did, um, you know, Sky King. Yeah. And then he opened um, a insurance business, and he, that was simultaneously that yeah. he was doing. And then he became an announcer for WAGN. And then after the Stranger Secret, he had an epiphany. He knew that he wanted to help people, to motivate people to work, prevent wasted human potential. Yes, indeed. And that's what he devoted his life to.
yeah, he did it in a very, very um, amazing way. So let's talk about about your mother, right? Because I know when your father met your mother, he um he knew she, that she had a rheumatic um fever as a yeah, child. Rheumatic fever as a child. Yeah, just damaged her heart. So and he still and married her regardless. Yeah, she had a lot of heart damage from that, and he. But it was such a beautiful love story. He loved her so much that he didn't care because he knew he could take good care of her. Yeah. And um, she could never come to my horse shows because, you know, if I had fallen, she would faint and it could, you know, be very bad for her. And she couldn't come with us on that cruise for two, you know, that eight week cruise that we mm -hmm. took on the Odyssey, my dad's sailboat, because if she had a problem, you know, dad couldn't have helped her. So he took very, very good care of her. And then, um, uh, well, she passed away when I was 16, but she was not supposed to live past even 20. And she yeah. was 43. She died in her sleep. Peaceful. Mm -hmm. And because my dad was a bit naughty, she divorced him. Yeah. Because, you know, my dad liked women a lot. Like, way a lot. <laughs> and um, yeah. so they divorced. And then, like, a year after that, she passed away. And I miss her every day. But she was a lady from a very refined family in Mesa, Arizona, the Peterson family. And um, she was just beautiful, elegant. She was Danish and my father's, you know, English from, English. from Kensington, England. And um, she had beautiful red hair and green eyes. My dad was a blonde with blue. So I got the blonde hair, the green eyes. And she was just marvelous woman. I miss her. Yeah, and, and I know you got, you got um your tenacity from your mother. <laughs> and my dad. And yeah, I'm, not, I'm the type of person that I'm not the kind of person that is shy at all. I'm not yeah. very shy. I am very, I like talking and being with people. And so my father and I got along perfectly. Yeah, awesome. And, I, and he had, the, I got his humor, his sense of humor. He got mine and he loved horses and I'm an extrovert. He was. And we just got along perfectly. So during his bad health, when I was a senior freshman in college, he uh, started getting bad headaches. Mm. Very bad. Like bad. Like extremely bad. And then he was diagnosed with acromatically, which is scientism. So my dad became a big guy. And Tony Robbins has the same illness. Yeah. So he's also a big guy. Very big. <laughs> So um, I traveled with him, and um, we had a great time. And, yes. and I know you definitely um, you assisted your father tremendously during that during this time because when you when he was going to various events, you, you would accompany him. So tell me about that experience. Oh, it was fabulous. Uh, it was just wonderful because he was so much fun to be with, um, and so educational to be with him. Yeah, and. Um, we just had a great time. I think my first big tour with him was in South Africa, which was a fabulous place. And he spoke many. He spoke in um, Johannesburg, Pretoria, Durban, Cape Town, and a bunch of about four of the places. And it was a beautiful, wonderful experience. It's so beautiful that you have no idea. And the people are just marvelous. We had a very wonderful time, and we were there about three months and we were supposed to be there longer but uh my dad had a brain tumor headache okay. so we had to fly home to gainesville 
because a friend of his at the Gainesville Teaching Hospital had invented microsurgery and all his brain tumors were benign. So they would just go through his nostrils into his sinus cavity. And then the doctor kept saying he needed to be, uh, what's it? Not, well, he needed radiation mm -hmm. to be on his head to prevent any more brain tumor, brain tumors. So finally, when Dad was about almost 58, he went, he didn't want to have radiation because he would he was nervous that it would affect his voice okay but actually i convinced him i said daddy we can't keep doing this mm -hmm. and so he went in and it improved his voice <laughs> yeah he had a great voice and he wasn't a smoker more people asked me about was my medicine no he was not that's why he just has that natural grainy sound in his voice yeah that boom mm -hmm. Yeah. He did enjoy his Cuban cigars, but you know he wasn't like a smoker. All right, so he wasn't a habitual smoker. Okay, no. so one story that I really enjoyed while <laughs> while um listening to the audiobook was your adventure on the boat. So when you and your boyfriend um borrowed, that was extreme again. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So that, that was a naughty moment on your part. <laughs> so, oh, so that was very naughty. That? I was only about 28 or 29 and Patrick told me, Oh, I'm a cat. I can do this. Well, <laughs> then he starts, you know, we went out because it was behind, it was stuck behind our house. But then a squall came up and then Patrick starts asking me how to lower the sails. <laughs> and I'm like, we don't have any crew with us today because the crew went, took time off when my father was out of town. Yeah. And I said, I don't know. I just know how to cook in the galley. And so we got caught under the 17th Street Causeway Bridge, broke off the main cell. And then I went home and I knew I was going to be in deep kimchi. But <laughs> he didn't blame me. He blamed him. Wow. You know, you are, you are definitely, you know, um, that shiny star in your, in your dad's eye because <laughs> you got away scot-free. <laughs> well, I tried, he, he, I had four days to get it fixed. So I called James Brewer, the head of Broward yeah. uh, in the shipyard in Fort Lauderdale. I said, get this, get that sailboat fixed in four days. And then I said, send me the bill. And I thought I could just pay it, you know, out of my allowance, but it wasn't ready yet. And okay. so I had it on my day, but I made sure he had two good drinks before I took it. <laughs> <laughs> you knew your dad well, so you're trying to butter him up before you sprung well, that yeah. news upon him. <laughs> I knew that he needed a couple of drinks before I told him why the Odyssey wasn't ducked behind our house. You know, it was kind of, um, couldn't hide it. He was missing. There was a yes. big space. So, uh, no, he, he never got really mad at me. Yeah, you did such, you and your team did such a phenomenal job capturing the experience and basically um painting the picture where you're able to literally um put yourself in the in those positions in those experiences mm -hmm. as i was listening to um, the audiobook i was laughing at times other time i was like wow this happened and other times i had like a little teardrop you know so it was a emotional roller coaster you know to really oh, well, i remember that alligator in our pool oh my god that was a terrible experience here but <laughs> And um, that was in a book, I think. And my father came out 
and I just couldn't. Um, I froze on the on the diving board because of how did you, did you read about that? I definitely read about it. So you was okay. on the diving board, you was frozen, and your dad because of his, his situation, he couldn't um, reach to your rescue. So I froze because I. I mean, really, I saw some movement out of my peripheral vision in my right eye. Mm -hmm. And then I look in there, and this creature uh, was just with its eyes, just, I was frozen. How, big, said, how, how big was this alligator? Because as a child, just like. It was, no, I was in my 20s. The dad said it was, my father had exaggerated a bit. He said it was about 80, but. I didn't ask when uh, I was unconscious when animal control arrived because the paramedics got me off the diving board and gave me an injection of something and I went to sleep. And my dad said it was a big boy though. It was wow. big. It was not a small one. I'd say it was about seven, eight feet. And it kept me. And the eyes were like, you know, dinosaur eyes, cat eyes. Yeah. And I knew how it was going to kill me. Oh, you know, they, roll you, they roll you to drown you, and then they feed on you for a couple of hours. So I froze. And um, then afterwards, Dad had called animal control, fire department, the police came, everybody came. And then my daddy had a party while I was sleeping. <laughs> so I wake up and I said, Dad, you're still in your robe. Because it was in the morning. He was very relaxed. He had called a cater for sandwiches and booze to be direct. And so he's having this big party. And of course I was still in my bikini when I was when I woke up. And uh, but he was just like that. He was just cool. He was a yeah. cool dude. It, it seems like after every situation, like every type of um either an event, um either a negative event or positive event, your father would party afterwards <laughs> to celebrate. He could handle it. He he <laughs> He knew exactly how to deal with the situation. Yeah. No matter how stressful. But he did daytime drinking that day. We had a good time. It was a good time. That's awesome. But he could he could handle things, but even before a speech, he would never take a pain pill or a cocktail. Mm. Ever. But okay. afterwards, he would take a pain pill and have a martini. Okay. But he was just take he could handle any situation. He was a very confident person. And he could handle the situation, but afterwards he needed to come down, you know, yeah. especially where his children are involved. Any threat to us was very stressful. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I know um, your father was extremely protective over his family, you know, the, your brother, um, yeah. his wife, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And you did not say anything in front of my father that a gentleman would not say, or you would get your front teeth knocked out. Mm, old school, old school punishment. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, I want to cover one other story before we wrap it up because I just, I have such a great time having having this conversation. And um, oh. so the your prom, right? <laughs> your prom. When um, when? You, your prom date came to the door and yeah. your father wasn't aware that you had a, a prom date and mm -hmm. he's here the living... <laughs> Well, he, I said, so he, he, would, he would just say things. He would just hammer you with a direct question. Yeah. And when he asked Wing if 
you know, he was going to have, if he had planned to have sex with me, Wayne just almost ran out the door. But I went and got him. And my father, you know, it was just, and I said to dad before Wayne got there, I said, if you say anything wrong, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna flush all your Cuban cigars and all your thirty-year single malt whiskeys, but he still did it. Yeah, but we had a great time, and That's he really cool. liked Wing. He really did. <laughs> so, so the, the part that that really um, made me laugh was your date had a fishbowl, and he mm -hmm. dropped the fishbowl. <laughs> well, I told him no. He had this little fishbowl. I told him I didn't have a pitch. Yeah. Because we lived in, you know, this high-rise thing. And so he brought me a goldfish. And I got the fish picked up. And then our hastekeeper came and cleaned up the mess. And I gave my dad dagger eyes. But I didn't keep <laughs> that night. The poor guy was so frightened <laughs> that he dropped the fish. Bowl. Well, you know, my dad's voice is big. When yeah. you're up close and personal with him, his voice is very big. And so poor Wayne. But then they got on perfectly. That's awesome right there. Yeah. So so Pam, what would you say um will be the the gem of, of, of this whole process of putting together this body of work, right? Um what was your experience like? You know, just it was good. It was very emotional. Okay. It was extremely emotional for me because it kept bringing up my, you know, stories when I was a child, teenagers, young adult. And my memories are so were so perfectly distinct. It brought me back to the full color of it all. Yeah. Well, I could just see everything very clearly. And I missed him. And I missed my mother too. So it took about two and a half years for it to be finished. You know, I talked to you last year and I kept saying it's coming, it's coming. But yeah. I had to take breaks because I miss him. You know? Yeah, I miss him a great deal. But I'm glad I did it. I, I'm so happy I did the book. And my mother had all these wonderful pictures. And they're in the paperback and in the hardback book, which will be out at the end of the summer. Yeah. And they're all in there. So you'll get to see all the great pictures. I'm looking forward to my autographed copy of the book. You will get one. <laughs> you will. I promise that. Awesome. Awesome. Pamela, it has been such a pleasure having this conversation with you and be able to really um, see you glow as you reflect on those memories, you know, and mm -hmm. I love yeah. stories, you know, and just being able to have this conversation with you today, I'm forever grateful. Thank you, Pam. Thank you very much, Thomas. And I'm glad we connected today. And I'm just so sorry I had to cancel, but I was kind of out of it last no, week. No worries. No worries. Okay. Thank you so much, Thomas. Awesome.